to the Travel Squad podcast. We adventure the world together, one passport stamp at a time. We're here to share travel news, tips, and our own adventures with you. Every Travel Tuesday, we share stories on a variety of topics, including our hometown, San Diego, hiking, weekenders, national parks, international getaways, and inspiring you to go on your own adventures, even if it starts with your own backyard. I'm Jamal. Brittany. And I'm Kim. And And we're we're the the Travel Travel Squad Squad Podcast. Podcast. So grab your ticket and your passport. And don't forget your travel insurance. And prepare for takeoff. Hello, fellow travelers. Hey, Hey, squaddies. Welcome to episode 88 of the Travel Squad podcast. Today, we're interviewing a very special guest. Brittany from the Instagram page, Hiking with Brit, who is a fellow local San Diegan and Hiker Babes ambassador. This is a very exciting episode for us and a very exciting guest because she is the first guest that we were able to interview in person, live, not on Zoom. So exciting. And it was an amazing interview. We went so many places. Britt gave us a ton of great insight into backpacking, especially backpacking for beginners like us. And She gave some great recommendations on some of the best hikes around San Diego and how to really enjoy and be one with nature. You're going to love this episode. Yeah, and one of my favorite things about Britt's Instagram page is that she really resonated with me with one of the things that she has listed in her bio. And she puts a hashtag in there that says, we'll travel for hikes. And I feel like in a way that really represents us here at the Travel Squad podcast, because a lot of our vacations and trips center around going on hikes, whether it be to national parks or anywhere else for that matter. But we have to give credit where credit is due because she takes it to the whole nother level, which is going to be backpacking, overnight adventures, camping on the trail, bringing your own food. We don't do anything like that. I mean, we're not strangers to 10-mile hikes, but definitely not in the backpacking foyer. So this is really, really exciting stuff here telling us all about that. She also goes deep on the best dehydrated foods to bring on the trail with you. So stay tuned for that. You're not going to want to miss that. And without further ado, let's get into the episode. Welcome Hiking with Brit to the Travel Squad podcast. All right. We have a very, very exciting day today. I don't know if, Britt, you know this, but you are our first guest we've ever interviewed in person. Oh, wow. We've done Zoom interviews, but because of COVID, we haven't had a chance to interview anyone in person. So we are so, 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 so excited to have you here. So excited that Brittany discovered you. Brittany, do you want to introduce our guest? I have been following Hiking with Brit for a few months now. I have had such travel envy and hiking envy watching her Instagram, seeing all the cool hikes she's doing. And I am so excited that she agreed to come to our podcast and do a live interview. So thank you for being here, Brittany. Yeah, I'm excited. You know what? I actually, we need to get something clarified right away. I think we need to classify our guest, Brittany, as Brit and keep Travel Squad Brittany as Brittany so there's no confusion as we go on. So for the rest of the day, Brittany, you're Brit, if that's okay. That's perfect. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Something about Brittany's because this Brittany here is a super passionate hiker as well. Something in the Brittany blood. So your whole Instagram is around your life and your hikes. You have gone on a lot of cool hikes. I was Instagram stalking you before this. So how did you get into hiking? I got into hiking when I first moved to San Diego. I grew up in New York, 
liking the outdoors and camping with my family, but didn't really start hiking, hiking until I moved to San Diego. And it all started with Torrey Pines, of course. <laughs> that is a classic San Diego hike. Like the beauty of that hike really draws everyone in. And you want to always like explore more of San Diego after doing that hike. But the funny thing about Torrey Pines too, is it's such a simple hike. And then here you are going from that simple hike, even though rather beautiful to crazy multi-day backpacking experiences through national parks and other places. And so so I think that's one of the major differences between us because our listeners know this. I mean, we do a lots of hiking, but realistically, we've never done the whole backpacking and overnight experience where we have to rely on our own wits to survive in a sense and camp other than the Inca Trail, which we had our porters for us. They cooked our food. So we had the easy way out and you have now developed to do it the hard way. Yeah, starting to. Actually, when I moved here, people started asking me to hike too. And I kind of thought it was just like the San Diego thing to do. <laughs> kind of. <is. laughs> and so I started doing it more. <laughs> I think the hiking for San Diego people is the people who really don't like the beach. <laughs> who live here in San Diego. I, I love the beach and I love hiking too. And when I moved here, I think I'd gone on one or maybe two hikes. No, maybe, maybe a little bit more. Two or three hikes in my whole life. And then I moved here and Brittany was already living here. And we started hiking. I think Torrey Pines was also my first hike. That's a good segue, gateway into the hiking world here. Yeah, I think I had pics of you and I together at Torrey Pines as one of your first hikes together. So that's awesome. And then you hit off all the regulars like Potato Chip Rock. Oh, yeah. Iron Mountain, Potato Chip, uh, Rancho Penasquitos, all those. (laughs) Do you have a favorite hike in San Diego? I do. My favorite hike is Lawson Peak. It actually just opened back up from the fires. It's super pretty views the whole time. And there's some like rock scrambling and this big cave you go through. So it's really fun. Lawson? Mm -hmm. What part of San Diego is that in? East County. East County, like mm-hmm. more in like Palomar Mountain or? Um, like- no, like Hamul area. Hamul, okay. Yeah. To check that one out. And so did you do a lot of local San Diego hiking before you ventured on to the big hikes? Or did you kind of do only a couple then really start doing the backpacking? Because there's nothing at least that I'm aware of here in San Diego that's a multi-day like backpacking experience. Yeah, generally I would do like San Diego hikes. And then when we started planning trips, then they kind of centered around hiking and locations that we wanted to hike. But my first backpacking, actually a lot of backpacking that I've done has been in San Diego, primarily along different sections of the Pacific Crest Trail. It started with my fiance wanting to teach me how to do it. And so he was my pack mule the first time. And he only made me carry my clothes, my sleeping bag, my water and my food. And he carried all the like heavier gear. What a nice guy. I know, does right? He, does he still do that for you? Okay, yeah, a little. Um, but I've actually now gone on two trips without him. So getting used to a heavier pack um, has been a bit of a struggle, but fun. So what do you normally carry and how much does it normally weigh when you go backpacking? Yeah, because I think backpacking could be intimidating to a lot of people. I'm at least speaking for myself in that sense. I mean, we've been on trails in national parks and seen people who are continuing on into backcountry. And I always say to myself like, oh, I want to do that. But at the same time, I don't know if I really even trust myself (laughs) to do something like that. Yeah, backpacking is a different kind of beast for sure. Your pack will probably weigh between like 25 and 35 pounds, depending on the weight of the gear that you have, how many days you're going, are there water sources along the way? So 
the hard part about San Diego is there's not a lot of water, right? And mm-hmm. so often if you're doing a multi-day trip in San Diego, you need to carry water. And water's super heavy to yeah. carry. Water's the heaviest part, <laughs> for sure. So I just hiked the beginning of the Pacific Crest Trail, uh, the first 26 miles with a couple girls. And there's a 15-mile stretch where there's no water. And it's getting to be hot. So we had to carry on us about five liters of water on top of all of our other gear. So um, that was hard. And then when you're carrying all that water, what type of thought process goes into play in terms of rationing, especially if you know that you're not going to come across water sources? And if you are, ones that aren't stagnant and actually safe to really drink from? Because I think I would think to myself, oh, my gosh, I really have to ration my water here. Yeah, definitely. When when it's hot, you still need to drink the water, though. So it's like this constant reminder of making sure you have enough, make sure you feel like hydrated. I find that I try to drink at least one hydration tablet a day when I'm on a backpacking trip so that I know, okay, I'm getting a decent chunk of water right there. And if I am by a water source, I'll load up on water, sit there, hang out for a little bit, drink some extra, and then get ready to go. Do you have a certain brand for the hydration tablet that you recommend? I use the Noon, N-U-U-N. Okay. I'm not trying to say it. That's fine. Okay. I don't know how to pronounce a lot of brand name stuff too. So nonetheless, at least we have it spelled. So the (laughs) listeners will go ahead and know on that. But real quick before we kind of really move on. We have a lot of listeners. A lot of them do like hiking. A lot of them not necessarily so much in that sense. So they may not be familiar with what the Pacific Crest Trail is, let alone that the southern terminus is really here in San Diego. So why don't you just tell people a little bit about what that is? Sure. The Pacific Crest Trail is a trail from Mexico to Canada along the West Coast. And so you start in Campo right at the border. Literally, there's the border wall at the southern terminus, which I wasn't expecting it to be that close, but it is that close. Um, And the whole trail is over 2,600 miles. And so a lot of people set out to do the whole entire thing. Not my forte, but <laughs> can you ever see yourself doing it? Honestly, no. It's it's a little much for me. I'm pretty small frame now that you guys have yeah. met me at least. And so for me to carry that amount of weight for that long is a bit challenging. But after that, you'll bulk up a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, actually, a lot of people lose weight on the Pacific Crest Trail because they're rationing not only their water, but also their food. food. And they're working out so much every day. Yeah, you burn so many calories every day. So I know you haven't done the full thing, but what portion and how far north did you get starting here in San Diego of that? And like, how many days did you do of it? Yeah, so just this past week, I did the first 26 miles of the Pacific Crest Trail, which gets you basically from the southern terminus to the eight. For the San Diego listeners, they'll know that. And then I've hiked other sections kind of through Mount Laguna area. I I love Mount Laguna. So often if we are going to do a backpacking one or two night trip, we'll go to Mount Laguna, start somewhere along the Pacific Crest Trail and go north or south. Do you want to go any farther up? Um, I would love to do a longer section, um, but I probably won't go past like the Sierras. <laughs> past the Sierras. Keep it in California, the cool part of it, I guess. But let me ask you this then. What is the coolest backpacking hike that you've done? Not just regular hike, but backpacking, because that sounds epic if it was completed. But what's the most epic that you have completed? So the most epic and the hardest that I've done so far has been the Rim to Rim at the Grand Canyon. Ooh. And so that is 23 miles. And the elevation change, I think, is over 5,000 feet. And so we went from North Rim to South Rim, and we camped one night in the canyon at the lowest point right by the Colorado River. 
And then we hiked out the next day. And then did you take a shuttle? Like, how did you guys get back to your car and all of that? Good question. So we did it during COVID. So the usual way to get to and from rim to rim is a shuttle was actually closed. And so I did my research and I joined a bunch of Facebook groups and people were trying to problem solve and figure this out. And so strangers were driving people's cars for a decent amount of money from rim to rim. And so I paid a stranger to drive my car from the north rim to the south rim. Isn't that like a five hour drive? Yeah, it's a five hour drive. We wanted our car to be where we were at the end because we didn't want to sit with somebody else in the car and we didn't want to have to do the drive ourselves. So we paid for our car to be driven and it was right there at the trailhead. It worked out. (laughs) Were you worried someone was going to steal it? Oh, I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Just a little. We actually paid him half via Venmo and then left the other half in cash in the car. So he had to at least get to our car to get the rest of the to money. Get, well, that's a yeah. smart way to do it, I guess, in that sense. So, you know, one time Brittany and I were in Hawaii and we were just doing a simple little day hike, but you had to park somewhere and you really couldn't drive beyond. But people who were locals were charging people to say, hey, you want to bypass the hike to get to this secluded beach? Because it was like the green beach, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. And then they had the locals who were driving. But I've never seen anyone willing to invest, you know, the five hour drive. But I guess you're right. You pay him a good amount of money. I would drive five hours depending on how much it costs too so i did that hike in hawaii too <laughs> oh yeah to the green beach yeah. on big island yeah yeah, 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 yeah. I, we saw all the locals and it's not even that far of a hike i'm just like what is wrong with people they're probably charging them a hundred dollars for nothing yeah so i have a question about the rim to rim trail is there only one rim to rim trail or are there multiple I just actually learned that there is an alternate, but most people do the North Kaibab Trail, and then you can come out two different ways, either South Kaibab or Bright Angel. We did Bright Angel. Okay. We did the South Kaibab Trail down, and our goal was to make it to the Colorado River, and we did not make it all the way down there. We started too late. Yeah, it's hard. Because we were on a time constraint. I wish we had more time. It wasn't that we just got burnt out. It was really we were moving on somewhere else because we were going to be doing more hiking and it just didn't really work out that way. And I'm curious to know, especially since you were talking earlier about having to carry water on that trail, the rim to rim, do they have spots to fill the water? And is the water in the Colorado safe enough to drink straight from the source? Because I know sometimes even a major river like that, maybe, maybe not, right? Yeah. So the Grand Canyon is awesome to do backpacking because there's potable water and spigots along the way. And so most of the time you don't have to carry more than three liters, which is usually what most people bring on their like day hikes. Mm Mm-hmm. There is a stretch in the center that's referred to as the box that gets very, very hot in the summer. And that's also the spot where there aren't many spigots. I think it's a stretch of maybe seven or eight miles. Mm -hmm. There is a creek that you can filter. And so my fiance loves to drink out of any water source that is available. (laughs) So of course he took the opportunity to filter from the creek and it was nice and cold and tasted delicious. I'm not sure if it's safe to filter from the Colorado River. Just getting the water might be a little dangerous because of the flow Mm -hmm. and and just the vastness of it. And it doesn't appear that clean. But I mean, I'm sure certain quality filters, you could drink it. (laughs) So this leads me actually to two questions. One of them was one that I actually wanted to highlight on and ask. But are you familiar with life straws? Yeah, I am. Do you guys have those for the backpacking? And then my follow-up question to that that I really wanted to ask is what are some backpacking products that you would swear by, like 
it's essential to have really with you. So a kind of two-parter. Yeah. We don't have a life straw, actually. I know of them. We just haven't used them. I've heard negative things just about having to like be so low and you're supposed to (laughs) drink right from the source. And so we don't have one of those. We actually use a Sawyer filter, which is pretty common. Like everybody that I was just on the PCT with had a Sawyer filter. Um, And what is that? It's, um, you can connect it to, they have like a bladder, like a little bag that holds the water, or it also connects to a lot of like common water bottles, like smart water, water bottles. You can just screw it on the top there. And so the thing with the common Sawyer filter is just that you need to make sure the water is deep enough where you can submerge the bag or the water bottle. It can't be stagnant water. It can't be a little trickle. There has to be a decent amount of flow for you mm-hmm. to use it. So it is naturally getting filtered you know, through rocks and, and the stuff that it's going through. As far as essential backpacking gear, hard to say besides like, you know, the standard, make sure you have a tent, you know, sleeping bag that's warm enough for wherever you're going. I have this really lightweight chair from REI that I am obsessed with. I always bring it. It's like less than a pound. It's REI brand. It's bright orange, my favorite color. And (laughs) being able to sit down and have your back lean against something I think is a game changer (laughs) yeah better than sitting on an uncomfortable rock or something to that effect okay and I guess you know my question it really depends on where and what you're hiking right but in terms of you know real essentials and like what type of food do you bring with you on that because I always wonder is like is it canned food do you have a can opener do you actually do a twofer by having some sort of pocket knife and use the pocket knife to open like these are all the questions I have because I have no clue about doing any of that and bringing my food other than just like day snacks? Yeah, these are these are really good questions. So you can bring canned food. The issue with canned food is it's heavy. Yeah. And yeah. so people tend to not bring canned food. I use dehydrated meals. Uh, my favorite brand is um, Good To Go. They actually started off as primarily vegetarian. And so that was one thing that attracted them to me. I try to primarily eat a vegetarian diet. It's actually really good. And so usually I do dehydrated meals. Other people do things like ramen. And so how you're going to heat that up or how you're going to make that is probably well, the that's next more, question. Yeah, that's more gear. Now you got to carry your little uh, yeah. pot or whatever. Right? Yeah. So a lot of people use like a jet boil and there's other mm-hmm. sources to heat up the food too. But again, Southern California can't have fires. And so there's no heating up your food on the fire. You have to rely on your jet boil. And, and most places, you know, even if there's fires not allowed, then jet boils and backpacking stoves, they'll call them, are allowed. So you boil up your water, fill up your pouch if you're doing like the dehydrated food, wait 15 to 20 minutes, and then it's good to go. What's an example of something you ate that was good that was dehydrated food? Yeah, so the, my favorite ones from the good to go are... A mushroom risotto. Sounds super fancy, right? I already love mushroom risotto as is. Exactly. (laughs) Um, And then they also have a pad thai that's really good. But I've had like almost their whole line now, at least the dinner or lunch meals. I don't do the breakfast. For breakfast, I'll usually do um, maybe like an oatmeal packet or... I just go usually more to like protein bar, granola bar. And you find like those really give you enough sustenance? Uh, you probably have to eat a couple of them depending on what you're doing. I recently discovered the pro meal bars and one of those have like over 400 calories in them. So that's a decent one to get as opposed to like cliff bars are usually between like 200 and 300. Mm-hmm. So the dehydrated meals, do you have to add water to them to yeah. make them good Boiling again? water. <laughs> yep. Exactly. So yeah, so the other part about backpacking is that you not only need water to drink, but you need water to usually make your food. Dehydrated food isn't the only way people go. Like 
some people even just pack sandwiches. Like if it's just a one night thing, I've had people come with like a Subway sandwich in their pack. Um. (laughs) Sure, that makes sense. But in terms of a longer hike, like multi-day. So what's the longest you've actually done in one stretch then at that point? The longest I've gone has only been two days right now. Two days. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, Two nights, three days, I guess. What's the longest you think you would do? Mm, Probably five, five days. Not much more. (laughs) And where would that five day be? Oh, somewhere where there's no bears. No bears. (laughs) You don't want to carry bear spray add to your pack? Oh, my fiance already makes me carry bear spray. He says that it's good for bears, mountain lions, and people. He's yeah. more worried about people. Sure. I mean, well, depending yeah, it's on. Great. <laughs> it's <a> great tip. <laughs> See, what's funny is when we hike in areas that there's black bears, I don't carry bear spray. But when I'm hiking in an area where there's grizzlies, I always carry bear spray. But see, I never do an overnight in grizzly territory. That's a little, uh, ooh, <laughs> you got to really worry about your food and when you're making it and everything like that. Yeah, but people hike in Yosemite, backpack Yosemite all the time, and there's bears Oh, I know. <laughs> everywhere. I've, I've been to Yosemite and seen bears. <laughs> so, but they're only black bears, not grizzlies. They don't intimidate me as much. <laughs> bear's a bear. Yeah. It's true. Hey travelers, let's take a quick detour to talk all about our travel itineraries that we've created just for you. We now have six different trip itineraries. One week in Kauai, an American Southwest weekend or road trip, a week in Yellowstone and Grand Teton National Parks, a road trip adventure featuring all three of Washington State's national parks, Big Island, Hawaii, and an Arizona road trip that features all three of Arizona's national parks. We are obsessed with these. These itineraries are 20 to 30 page PDF guides with every detail of the trip laid out. We're talking where to fly into, the exact route to take, where to stay, park entrance prices, where to eat, and driving distance between attractions. Plus what things to see and do, even the hikes we recommend, and their mileage, and the time to allow for each one, and so much more. We have story highlights on our Instagram, at Travel Squad Podcast, where you can see the full guides. We've done all of the research and have taken these exact trips, taking our all of the guesswork from the planning so all that you have to do is show up and have fun purchase your comprehensive travel squad podcast itinerary on our website at travelsquadpodcast.com best of all they're on sale right now for 30 dollars. so travel on over and get yours today Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo Concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. So you do a lot of hiking with your boyfriend and then also with your friends. Is that what attracted you and your boyfriend together or your fiance, I should say, to each other? Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah. So we met on Tinder. And yeah, one of the reasons why I did swipe right was because (laughs) one of his pictures was him hiking. And 
He actually always makes a comment of like, well, why did you pick me? And I tell him that he's the only one who could keep up. <laughs> the first hike I took him on was Three Sisters Falls. Ooh, beautiful hike. Yeah, before the kind of remodel now. So it was a bit harder and a bit longer. And so, yeah, he kept up and he stuck around. <laughs> Very nice. And so I want to say from looking through your Instagram something really exciting happened on one of your hiking trips. Can you dive into that a little bit more? Yeah, sure. So I was just talking about the rim to rim hike being the most epic hike. And it was the most epic from the sense of the views, the challenge. But at the end of my rim to rim hike, my fiance actually proposed to me. So that was very, very exciting. Congratulations. He's like holding that ring the whole hike. Like, don't lose it. (laughs) It was in his pack, actually. So he had to dig it out when we got to the top. (laughs) So it was at the very end then. Yeah, at the very end. He made me backpack 23 miles for the ring. I was going to say he made you earn the proposal. (laughs) He had to see if you could keep up. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Because he's the one that actually got me into backpacking. I didn't backpack before I met him. Did you know that he was going to propose to you on that trip? I had an idea. (laughs) I feel like women always have that idea. Brittany supposedly had the idea when I was about to propose to her on a vacation. I don't want to say ours was as epic as the hike because it wasn't the rim to rim in the Grand Canyon and 20 something odd miles. But we did some glacier trekking in Alaska. And at the end of the glacier trek, I came to one knee and Brittany said no at first. And I really had to convince her to say yes, I think. (laughs) But see, so... Hikers have that mindset. I mean, you had one of the most important days the day you got proposed to on a hike. And same thing with me and Brittany. And we just love to hike just as well. So it's one of those things. What could be more romantic than that, right? I actually wanted to ask you, since you moved here, when you first moved here, you weren't a big hiker. You obviously became a big hiker since you have lived here. Do you feel like you made a lot of friends through hiking? Yes, actually. So I'm now an ambassador for a women's hiking group called Hiker Babes. Ooh. And they're they're all over the country. And I actually think we have a couple international chapters now. And so... I was part of a couple groups and they weren't really planning many hikes. And then I saw there was a call for ambassadors for hiker babes. And I thought, why not? And I've now made so many friends and I've gotten them into backpacking. So the two trips that I've gone on without my fiance, uh, one has been with hiker babes. And so we're going to Catalina together. We're going to do two nights in Catalina backpacking and I hike every weekend. Sometimes it's solo, but a lot of the times, if it's not with my fiance, it's with people I met in Hiker Babes. How does someone go about becoming an ambassador for something like that or even any other type of hiking group, but more specifically Hiker Babes? Yeah, so I was a member of the San Diego chapter and the founder had just put out, hey, we're looking for more ambassadors. Some of the previous ones were moving on. And so I messaged her and was like, hey, what does that entail? And she told me, Basically, I just want you to plan one hike a month. And I was already doing that. And so I was just like, okay, so you're telling me I just need to invite people on the hikes that I'm already going on? She's like, yeah, easy. So I did it. Are there any honorary male members of Hiker Babes? Because I hike as it is already with a couple of babes. So can I come on these adventures? Otherwise, I'm going to feel kind of excluded. But if it really is an all-girls club, I understand. Primarily, it's all women. But we do do hikes where we invite significant others or children or dogs. Uh, So dogs with the the male members, too. I like that lumping of categories right there. But I'll take it. I'll be an honorary member when the time comes, though. 
So how many people normally go on these hikes with you? Um, Well, it's been slow with COVID. We didn't do any hikes because we had to follow the county guidelines. But I just hosted a hike last weekend and about six people showed up. Um, I think COVID's still influencing people wanting to come. Before that, I would say we had anywhere between 10 and 15 Has anything ever happened like crazy where someone's fainted while you're on a hike with them or anything like that? Thank God, no. But I will say the first hike that I did was Flume Trail, um, which is out in, I think, Lakeside. And I listed it as a beginner hike because the mileage was pretty short. It's only about three miles, but it does go up. And I wrote the elevation change. I wrote the mileage. And my very first hike, someone got very upset that I was talking to people and being interactive and wasn't paying attention to all members. And she was really struggling. And so, yeah, I was like, oh oh my gosh, is this going to happen every hike that I host? (laughs) And so now I tend to over-exaggerate the difficulty a little bit to make sure people know, okay, this is going to be kind of hard. And I just try to make it clear. It's this distance. It's this elevation. Sometimes I'll compare it to hikes that people are more familiar with, say, Cowles or Iron Mountain if we're doing something that's new. That's funny. Have you ever done any hikes in Balboa Park? I used to trail run in Balboa Park all the time. Um, I wouldn't call them hikes, but some some people call them hikes. So me and Brittany for a while, when I first moved here, we were on this hiking all the time, exploring San Diego hikes, but we wanted to do harder ones and get like a workout in too. And so Balboa Park had listed this hike as difficult. So we got up at like five in the morning before (laughs) the sun even came out to do this trek. And we start walking around and there's like homeless people snoring. And (laughs) And we had like our hiking backpacks and our water bladders. We're like, we're going to hike in Balboa Park. Our hiking shoes and everything. (laughs) And it was a walk in the park. And I think they listed it as difficult because of the mileage. It was like a 10 mile trip loop around the park and everything. But it was definitely not hard oh, and difficult over exaggerated for sure <laughs> on the difficulty there well as she was saying how you, now you're over exaggerating the difficulty uh so people know it made me immediately think because we always say this when we go to national parks and do the hikes and they say oh it's really difficult and then we do it and we're just like it's not even as bad not to say that it's easy but it's definitely over exaggerated in that sense but then i feel under exaggerated on the mileage like they'll say something lower and then it really turns out to be longer and it's like are they trying to discourage people from doing these ends up being longer for some reason yeah but always easier it's just it's confusing because then it's longer and we're not expecting it i think you know when you're going to these different places even just the elevation being a little different than san diego can also impact you so it could feel a bit harder because elevation is different or it could feel easier because you're in a different place and you're excited and your scenery is new so i think hiking has a lot to do with just like your mental state as well Mm. have you ever gotten lost on a hike yeah. <laughs> it's inevitable, right? Yeah, definitely all have. So is that yeah. compass in that essential pack that I was asking about earlier? Um, So I used to have Apple Watch, which I thought worked fine for tracking mileage and pace, but it didn't really do a good job for on trails and the battery life is not good for if you're going multiple days. And so I switched over to, I have a Garmin now, a Phoenix. And so I love it. The battery life is awesome. You can preload in trails that you want to do. You can create your own trails and get them there. So like you can look down at your watch and see what direction you need to go. So since I've had this, I haven't gotten lost. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. 
we're probably going to have to get one now. Like you just <laughs> described it to me and I'm so intrigued by it, actually. That's really, really cool. Yeah, they actually have bigger ones. My fiance has the bigger one and it has like a topographical map too. Um, so you can That's actually really see. That's really cool. Yeah. Very nice. Now, are those solar or battery powered? Um, it's battery powered. Okay. Because I know a lot of watches now are becoming really solar, but I mean, it's something with that type of electronics in it, I have to imagine battery, but way yeah. better battery life, obviously, since it's a watch than what you were talking about earlier and using. Yeah, longer battery life. Um, if you are backpacking, you of course can bring like a battery pack. I tend to try to cut weight any which way possible. So I'll like switch all my stuff to like airplane mode and turn them off when I'm not using them. And when I'm in nature, I don't want to be on my phone anyway. And so if I go a day or two, like when I just did two days on the Pacific Crest Trail, I didn't bring a battery pack and I survived just fine. Very nice. <laughs> So I want to get into something I mentioned earlier when I just said the national parks. We're big, big national park people. We love it. What are some of the favorite hikes that you've done in national parks? Because I noticed on your Insta page, a lot of national parks that you've been to. So I'm curious to know which ones were your favorite hikes, because a lot of the ones that you've been to, we have just as well. Yeah. So outside the Grand Canyon, uh, we've gone to the Grand Canyon now twice. So we really do love it. Even before we got engaged there, we we just love it. We'll go back, I'm sure. Um, we were very pleasantly surprised by Yosemite. We mm-hmm. actually were expecting Yosemite to be overrated just because the amount of people that go mm-hmm. and oh, what could it be, you know? But Yosemite is probably my second favorite after the Grand Canyon now. Being that Yosemite is the closest national park to our hometown, I'm a little offended by that because Yosemite is something special. But really I'm is. glad that that's actually one of your favorites. Yeah. So we did Clouds Rest there. Okay. Um, we did the Mist Trail and classic. Yeah, classic. I did think it was a little overrated, but. But we went in the fall and so the waterfalls were not flowing and ideally you would want to go in the spring if you wanted to see the oh waterfalls. yeah well when you get to vernal falls and some of the other spots too if you're at the right season it's really misting on you and if it's warm too it just comes on you really really nice yeah it, we didn't ha- we didn't have that experience but we we did clouds rest which was amazing uh, the view from the end is just spectacular of the whole valley when you were in yosemite did you guys try to secure permits to do half dome or was that not even on your radar we did not actually it was kind of an impromptu trip, and so permits are gone by that point. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't really look even look for them because I figured they would be gone. Yeah, no, they are. Yeah. <laughs> Have you I, been to Zion? I have, yes. And done Angels Landing. I have. That was definitely one of my favorites as well. I went up it and went down it, and I said to my fiance, "Can we do that again tomorrow?" <laughs> so you, it's not as scary as it seems. Then I'm not afraid of heights. But we did pass people that were afraid of heights and they were definitely struggling. So I don't want to say that it's not scary or it's not hard because people were petrified on it. What's really funny is Brittany and I have done Angel's Landing like three times. And one time we took Kim to Zion when we were in Vegas. We just did the quick little drive. and We're like, oh, we're going to do a little day hike out there. And we had intended to do Angel's Landing, but it was in winter, but there wasn't a lot, a lot of snow. But you know, Angel's Landing, you're on the sheer rocks and you have the chains. And we attempted it and we're like, we don't have 
crampons or like there's yeah. no way so we continued the other way from what what's the precipice up there before like eagles landing or scouts landing yeah. or something like yeah, that I know and we continued about. the other way and we didn't do angels landing so we're actually going back to soon in june and we're, we're gonna do the narrows but we're gonna nice. try to make Have sure that, that she gets we did the angels narrows landing. as well when we went i am i'm not a big fan of water <laughs> and so i i hated wading through water what month for hours were, did you do that one we did we were there in july okay so yeah we're going in june so what might be kind of similar do you have any tips for us uh don't buy the extra gear from all the people trying to sell it to you that's great that's a great <laughs> tip because we were thinking about it yeah like we the pants. yeah we wore a bathing suit underneath and then we wore regular hiking you know lightweight shorts we wore our regular hiking shoes and then um the one thing we did get which again you probably didn't need to but we did get the just like a pole mm -hmm. we didn't have hiking poles at the time but you could probably use regular hiking poles or there's tons of like people leave sticks big sticks that they used while they were waiting it also depends like how much water there is mm -hmm. and how difficult the flow is going to be to walk against did you bring a dry bag no actually we just left all our electronics behind and we brought a gopro Nice. awesome yeah that was it we, like i said we're very like when we're in nature we don't want our electronics on us so we just left them behind and, and yet you have an instagram page so i'm wondering how you take those photos <laughs> gopro <then. laughs> oh they're all gopro Some photos of them, yeah, really? from the narrows. Wow, wow, yeah. wow okay very nice yeah does it get cold in the narrows because you're kind of boxed in like did you wear a sweater or anything um we didn't wear a sweater because it was in july but it, there is parts where there's like yeah no sun coming in because mm -hmm. the walls are really high so it it wasn't like we were hot okay. yeah so i know you said you guys love the grand canyon I think you even mentioned, if not on air, off air, when we we're talking that your fiance is from Arizona. Yes. Have you been to Canyonlands in Utah? Because let me say no. this, started of the Colorado River, carving it out. I found it to be way more impressive than the Grand Canyon. Well, now I got to go. You got to go. <laughs> Canyonlands, I think, was something truly, truly special. Um, you know, at the Grand Canyon, you can see to the other side. And I know you've hiked to the other side yeah but here you're just like wow these canyons are so huge and you can't even tell where the other side is it's That's vast awesome. and impressive and they have certain sections of the park and the section of the park that we went to there's really not a lot of hiking but the hiking that they do have this would be conducive for you they say unless you're really like a backpacker you shouldn't be down in these areas so right. they're a lot more remote and less people there and you're really in the thick of it down in the canyon versus like at the top of it which is where we were on it but so beautiful out there yeah we gotta go now yeah <laughs> add it to your list mm -hmm. another really cool spot in arizona i'm curious if you've been is antelope canyon we didn't do antelope canyon we did horseshoe bend part of the reason why we didn't do antelope canyon is well you need a guide yeah um since it's on a reservation and that you have to pay for and it's a pretty short hike and so yeah. we were like We'll skip it. <laughs> Scenic beauty wise, though, it's yeah unparalleled. It's really beautiful. In terms of like actual hike, I agree with you. I mean, you're not going to spend more than an hour there anyway, but yeah, you've never seen rock formations like that until you're really in it. I'm sure yeah, they're so crazy. beautiful. The wave is also kind of in that area. Have you been there? Yeah, I haven't done the wave either. Yeah, we want to do that. I will say, like in terms of things being overrated that are really popular, Antelope Canyon in the busy season, summer, super busy lines yeah. crazy but when we went there was hardly anybody there and our guide was just with our group oh that's awesome yeah, yeah. so we when, went in december december so. is the time to that's go. the time to go <laughs> yeah arizona in the winter is great actually. oh well that's when we actually uh hiked the grand canyon also into the kaibab trail continued on from grand canyon and made our way to antelope yeah there, so. that's perfect have you ever taken any trips outside of the u.s 
and gone hiking? I have not yet. Oh, anywhere you want to? I feel like there's a lot to explore in the U.S., uh, so we're kind of tackling over here right now, but um, I don't know what the future is going to bring. We actually want to do our honeymoon, not that this is outside the U.S., but we want to do our honeymoon on Kauai and do the Nepali Trail. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we really wanted to do that trail, but while we were in Kauai, when we went, it was right after a huge rainstorm, mm. and there was mudslides, and so it wiped out part of the Nepali Coast Trail, so we couldn't complete it. But we can add it back on our list. <laughs> we got to go back. I want to do it. It's so beautiful out there. If you guys end up doing that, it's going to be impressive, I'm sure. And Hawaii is like a foreign country anyway, even though it's exactly. America. So you're good in that sense. Have you been to Kauai before? I have not. I've been to the big island and Oahu. So Kauai, and I don't know if you know this or not, they have a Grand Canyon, like a mini Grand Canyon in Kauai. Yeah. So definitely check that out. Yeah, I want to. I have a question about safety. Okay. <laughs> um, have you ever seen a rattlesnake on the trail by you? I have. I actually just encountered one on the PCT on Tuesday or Monday. Yeah. What do you do? What did you do? Um, so you're supposed to stop and try to find where it is. And then you're supposed to back away very slowly. But my encounter did not go like that. <laughs> it was hidden. And so I was in the front of the three girls. And I walked past it. I must have woken it up and startled it. And so it started rattling. We all paused for a second. And this, what I'm describing right now, literally happened in a blink of an eye. But we all paused, tried to locate it, couldn't see it. I started to hear the other two girls walk backwards. I thought it was behind me. And so I walked forward. And they actually weren't able to go through the trail again because the snake didn't move. Um, another hiker ended up coming up and we were like, don't go, there's a rattlesnake. And he took a couple more steps. It got angry again. And so they actually had to go around trail, um, which was also dangerous because we didn't know if there was other rattlesnakes mm -hmm. off trail. So that was my like first time that like I came onto a rattlesnake, but mission trails, there's rattlesnakes everywhere. I, I was actually yeah. going to say this one real quick. Did you see it? How big was the snake that you guys came across? We don't know. We never saw so, it. So when Brittany and I were doing mission trails, we were fortunate enough that it was just right on the trail. Yes. And so we were able to see it. But this is the largest rattlesnake I've ever seen in person. I am not exaggerating. It was four and a half to five feet long. Yeah, they're huge. They're I scary. Know. Well, some <laughs> of the most rattlesnakes are actually like, you know, two to three feet and sometimes not really that big. But you will catch those big ones sometimes. And I've never seen a big one on a trail other than that one here in Mission Trails in San Diego. It was huge. Yeah. Actually, the babies are apparently more dangerous because they don't know how to just release a little bit of their venom. And so if they do bite you or if you do see a baby, be super, super careful. That's I a good tip. That. I had no clue. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and is it like if you, you try to find them because they kind of lunge out at you? Yeah, I think my fiance told me he educates me on all the wildlife. So <laughs> I think he told me they can attack like two times their their length. So even if they're a tiny rattlesnake, like only two feet, you're thinking that you want to keep like a four feet perimeter around them. So the five feet one. Yeah. <laughs> Stay away. Stay away. <laughs> so also on the topic of safety, have you ever gotten hurt on the trail and what have you had to do? No, I wouldn't say besides like ankle sprain here and there, nothing where it was like, I couldn't get off the trail. It's not usually me. It's actually usually my fiance <laughs> sprains his ankles all the time. Because he's carrying your extra weight, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> have you ever lost a toenail? 
Uh, not from hiking. <laughs> Brittany's lost a toenail from hiking oh. up in Tahoe area. Blisters, of course. Standard. Standard, like the standard little things. Bee sting. Bee sting was scary because it was my first bee sting in my lifetime, actually. And I didn't know if I was allergic. And so I was thankfully with my fiance and not solo, but he was asking me like every minute, are you okay? Do you have any symptoms? Uh, yeah, do you feel lightheaded? I'm like, I'm Okay. <laughs> That's interesting that you hike solo. I don't think I've ever done a solo hike. Yeah, a lot of people are afraid to or, you know, maybe they do it for the social aspect. But I actually I, I enjoy the group hikes and I enjoy doing it with people. But there's something about going solo as well to just kind of have that time to yourself and be in nature and just on the trail. Yeah. Do you try new hikes by yourself? Oh, yeah. That's cool. My fiance does not approve. <laughs> Safety first. With your phones off and you're in the middle by yourself. Yeah. Oh, I'm, I have a feeling I'm going to end up getting Garmin also has like a more like an emergency GPS tracker that you can broadcast your location. So I have a feeling he's going to get me that because our our friends that are doing the PCT have it and he's like constantly checking where they are. Oh, that's important. Yeah. That's important. That's actually a really cool feature. Yeah. I think he's going to make me, you know, use it in my regular day life. <laughs> Be like, I'll leave that at home today. Like, Babe, I'm not hiking today. It's like, just in case. That's what find my iPhone's for. Yeah. Because <laughs> in everyday life, that's probably on. That's true. There you go. So what do you think about people who play music on the trail? Oh, I hate it. <laughs> I mean, I just like the sounds in nature so much that it's just so disturbing to hear music on the trail. And that does motivate people. So if it motivates you and you need it, just put your headphones in and get in the zone and go. Yeah, I also don't like when I hear people blasting their music on the trail. I'm like, I hate Well, out. not only that, I've seen a couple people with backpacks that have the boom boxes yeah. in them. I'm just like, what are you doing, Matt? It's ridiculous. We had our music playing when we were in Grand Tetons just But, for but they advised that. They advised <laughs> right. I mean, it's a, it was subtle enough, but not like blaring. But I agree with you. I love the sounds of nature. If you're going to go on a hike, I mean, minus the workout aspect of it, it's to be in nature and have your mind and soul cleansed. And you need exactly. to hear nature in that sense. Yes. But you mentioned something earlier a little bit back where you were saying, you know, you'd like to go on those hikes alone. It's good for the mind. What kind of life lessons do you think hiking has actually taught you? Because the hikers are a specific breed. And I like I consider myself a casual hiker, but talking to you, I consider you to be more of like, I don't want to say hardcore hiker, yeah. <laughs> but more serious about it in that sense. And so what type of life lessons, if any, do you think hiking has really taught you or instilled in you? I think the biggest thing is just kind of living in the moment and appreciating what's around you. And really one of the reasons why I like hiking is like it takes up your whole day. Like it can take up your whole day if you want to. And so get away from the electronics, get away from your usual schedule and just take time to be out there and, and just breathe it all in. I love that. Absolutely. I feel like you can see so much more of the world too. Yeah. That's right there. Beautiful waterfalls and flowers and sunsets and everything else. Mm -hmm. It's really cool. And I know we discovered you through Instagram and your Instagram is growing. Do you have a goal to grow your Instagram and become a hiking influencer at all or just as a passion? When I first started, I was like, oh, I want to be a hiking influencer. And, you know, I was like, I'm going to do this. But I don't really know how to even do that. And so <laughs> if it happens, cool. But I think it's just kind of a way for me to just share my journey with people. And now that I've made a lot of hiking friends, I think a lot of people like to see like, oh, where where I've been or where I'm going. 
And I also didn't want to like flood my personal page with tons of hiking pictures. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that was another reason why I started it. This is separate. All my hiking adventures are going to go here and I can post as much as I want because that's what this page is about. That's cool. You have a great page. Thanks. I love looking at your pictures. Thank you. I feel like you have a pretty good following, like not aspiring to be an influencer. Yeah. Like just kind of natural, organic followers. Yeah. Uh, some people are, you know, people I've met and, you know, I follow a lot of other hikers too, even from different areas. It is kind of fun when you're like planning a trip. I start looking at people that live in the area <laughs> and, you know, stalking their page and seeing what, what do the locals do? That is the best way <laughs> Yeah, when we're trying to plan a trip and trying to see what's to do there. You click on the location tag yeah. and then you go down a rabbit hole. That's fun. We also really like the research yeah. portion of trip planning. <laughs> so you're going to be really lucky here, Brett. We're going to start something new that we haven't done with any of our guests yet. So you're the honorary person for that. So Brittany, why don't you say a little bit about it? So we're going to go into this rapid fire segment. Okay. So these are questions that we haven't sent to you. So you don't know. And we just want the first thought that comes into your mind when you think about these questions. Okay. All right. So our first one is what is your dream hike? Probably Kauai, the Nepali Trail. And you have that planned. Yeah. Hopefully. (laughs) That's awesome. What about your dream vacation? We want to go to Alaska, I would say. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know what hikes would be there, but we do want to see the Northern Lights. I definitely want to see the Northern Lights. And we were looking to see them from Iceland. And we were possibly thinking about that for September for our other trip gets canceled. That sounds awesome. Yeah. And we were looking at Alaska as a backup. And mm-hmm. Kim, that one, Kim. Kim put a kibosh on that one and said no. I've been to Alaska a few <laughs> times. so I've like, been to Alaska yeah, too, but I want to do the national parks out there and do some hikings out there. But anyway, good answer on that set. <laughs> Next question, a confession from a hike or backpacking trip. I peed on myself once. (laughs) I actually peed and then I slipped and I fell in my pee. Oh, no. (laughs) That's a good one. That's a good travel confession. That can definitely happen out there. (laughs) And then lastly, if you could offer one insider tip for hiking or backpacking, what would that best tip be? Just make sure you have comfortable shoes and water. That is such a good tip. Yeah. Blister City when you wear those shoes for the first time. Yeah. Even if you just want to go on a hike, it's okay to wear sneakers. Like most hikes in San Diego, you can do in sneakers. That's a great tip. Mm -hmm. I think that about wraps it up unless you had any final thoughts that you wanted to tell us, Britt. No, I think that sums everything up. Keep on hiking. Well, I appreciate you coming and being our first in-person guest. It's been a real honor and we're super excited. Absolutely. Everyone go follow Britt at Hiking with Britt on Instagram. Follow all her hikes. And thanks for tuning in. Thank you. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much. We really enjoyed having you. Keep the adventures going with us. Please be sure to follow us on Instagram and YouTube at Travel Squad Podcast and tag us in your adventures. And of course, send us in those questions of the week. And if you found the information in this episode to be useful, or if you thought we were just plain funny, please be sure to share it with a friend that would enjoy it too. And as always, guys, please subscribe, rate and review our podcast, and tune in every Travel Tuesday for new episodes. Stay tuned for next week's episode. We have some more amazing adventures and tips in store for you. Woo! Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye.